Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. In the Gospel for this weekend, we pick up exactly where we left off last weekend. It's nice. Remember last weekend, Jesus began to teach in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 13, teach about the kingdom of heaven, but he did so using parables. Well, he continues this week. He addresses the kingdom of heaven in terms of the parable of the wheat and the weeds. Now, here Jesus is trying to address the century-on-old questions about how evil should exist in this world. Notice how the gospel begins. The kingdom of heaven can be likened to a man who sowed good seed in his field. While everyone was asleep, his enemy came and sowed weeds all through the wheat and then went off. Well, the first thing we can take from this is this is an agricultural parable. It has to do with you know, agriculture, planting, harvesting. Therefore, we can only assume that Jesus' audience are people who know about agriculture, our harvesters, farmers, common laborers, tradesmen. They've worked on farms. Therefore, they can come to know, you know and understand this parable very well. It's part of their daily life. Now, let's look at some of the characters. The man who sows the seed is God. The seed in the wheat that grows up is us. God sows faith in us, and our faith grows the more we live it out. Now, the enemy that plants the weeds is the devil, and the weeds themselves represent the evil in this world. Again, it goes back to the timeless question, you know, good and evil existing closely together, or why do bad things happen to good people? Thomas Aquinas once said, Evil is the privation of the good. I'll say that again. Evil is the privation of the good. What does he mean by that? Well, evil essentially is anything where good is absent from it. So you think of violence and hatred, greed, jealousy. You think of controlling, manipulation, abuse. Well, those are all evil because there's nothing good about it. Now, notice the detail that Jesus slips in here. It says, while everyone is asleep, the enemy came and sowed weeds throughout all of the wheat. That's interesting. The enemy doesn't come during the daylight, but when they're asleep. And when we are at sleep, what happens? Our guard is let down. We're more vulnerable, right? Well, what is Jesus trying to communicate here? Sometimes it's difficult for us to see evil approach. Evil can be very subtle, very seductive. I'll give you a great example. Just look at the evil of power, how it has seduced people throughout the centuries, world leaders. You look at Caesar, Napoleon, Pol Pot, Stalin, Hitler. These are all people that were seduced by power. 
and they killed millions of people in order to attain that power, and then killed even more millions of people to maintain that power. Well, then let's take it to a local level. Maybe we know people at work or in the neighborhood. Maybe we have a coworker or a boss that essentially holds on to their power, you know, manipulates people, controls them in the workplace, abuses them. Well, take it to the family level. Maybe we know some people in our family that are like this. Oh, yeah, you know, in the public eye, they're the life of the party. They're everybody's friend. But then when they come home, they're abusive, they're controlling, and they're manipulative. And they make everyone else in the home a living hell for them. See, that is evil. Now, don't make the mistake of portraying that evil is always hideous or grotesque. Hollywood wants you to believe that. No, evil can be alluring and provocative. Now, the story continues. It says, when the crops grew and bore fruit, the weeds appeared as well. The slaves of the householder came to him and said, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? Where have the weeds come from? He answered, An enemy has done this. His slaves said to him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? He replied, No. If you pull up the weeds, you might uproot the wheat along with them. And so the wheat is growing along with the weeds together. The slaves see that immediately their natural inclination is to pull the weeds. Now here's the problem. The weeds have carefully intertwined themselves around the wheat. You know, the first instinct that we have when we see evil is to get rid of it. And yet evil sometimes comes so close to the good things that we have in our life that if we try and extricate that evil, we may harm the good in our life. I'll give you a great example of this. I'll give you a great example of this. A few years ago, I ministered to a man who had a tumor that literally wrapped itself around his spinal cord. Now, the surgeons told the man they could possibly attempt to remove the tumor. But it was a delicate operation. If they tried to remove the tumor in such a way, they would jeopardize his spinal cord. And so they left it grow a little bit more so that they could adequately be able to extricate it. Well, that's exactly what's happening here. The master allows both the wheat and the weeds to grow together. And so does God, both good and evil. Now, why is that? Is evil co-equal to God? Absolutely not. Now, Hollywood would lead us to believe that. In fact, if there's any one thing that you must take from the scriptures this weekend, it's this. God is Lord over all, including evil in this world. That's why the first reading specifically says just that. The first reading is from the Book of Wisdom, and it begins, There is no God besides you, who have the care of all, that you need to show you have not unjustly condemned. For your might is the source of justice, and your mastery over all things makes you lenient to all. For you show your might when the perfection of your power is disbelieved. Well, that just tells us God is Lord and supreme over all. There is no one thing or no one person in this entire world that is co-equal to God. Again, it then begs the question, why does God allow evil to 
be so close to the good in this world? Well, one reason is that evil awakens in us. It summons in us a strength that we never thought possible. And it is that strength that helps us to overcome that evil. When we are confronted with evil in our life, and it comes in many different forms, God summons, he awakens a strength with inside of us that we never thought existed before. And now we use that strength to conquer that evil in our life. I'll give you a great example of this. Abraham Lincoln. I just finished a biography about Abraham Lincoln. And it's interesting to note, at a very early age, he wrestled with severe depression. In fact, it was a debilitating depression that he carried with him to the White House when he was elected president. During the Civil War, because of his depression, Lincoln could not sleep at night. Therefore, he wandered the halls of the White House night after night after night. Lincoln was afraid to stay in a room all by himself because if he did, he would feel this overwhelming sensation of the room filling up with the blood of all the dead soldiers of the Civil War because he felt he was directly responsible for the war. His depression intensified when his young son, Willie, died at the age of 11. Lincoln would sneak out almost every night and remain at the graveside of young Willie for hours on end throughout the night. Once, he even had the body exhumed because he just wanted to see the face of young Willie just one last time. Now, did Lincoln allow that debilitating depression to defeat him? Not at all. In fact, many biographers would write that it was precisely in that depression that allowed Lincoln to enter into the suffering of a nation. Because of that depression, now Lincoln was able to feel the suffering of a nation divided because of a war. See, with Lincoln's depression, he summoned within himself a compassion and a strength that never existed before. And in his compassionate leadership helped him to not only feel the pain of a country torn in two, but to begin the healing of that nation. More to it, because he suffered the loss of his son, young Willie, he was now able to identify with or enter into the suffering of so many families that lost sons and fathers and uncles. See, from the evil of that depression and the evil of the Civil War, God summoned or awakened within Lincoln a strength that he never thought existed before. And it was from that strength that he healed a nation and thousands of families that experienced losses. At the end of the war, when Lincoln's own political party wanted to extract vengeance on the southern states for beginning the war, Lincoln would not have anything to do with it. His motto after the war was, Charity towards all, malice towards none. I think that's a great example of what Jesus is trying to teach us here. You know, it's the timeless, ageless questions that we have asked, you know, what we struggled with for centuries on end. How can evil exist in this world? Well, first and foremost, we need to understand God does not create evil, but he does allow it to occur or to exist. But God is supreme overall, including evil itself. Next, 
evil does exist. We cannot be naive to think that it doesn't or that it won't touch our life in some shape or form. In fact, I would argue the more you grow in your faith, the more you are susceptible to attacks of evil. Why? Because the more you grow in your faith and are stronger in it, the more you become a threat to the devil. And he doesn't want that to happen. But don't be afraid. Each and every one of you has the power of the Holy Spirit residing with inside of you. The life that you have right now is one that you share with Jesus Christ. So you have nothing to be afraid of. Last is that God allows good and evil to exist even closely together. Because in the presence of evil, God calls forth, he awakens, he summons a strength deep within inside of us that we never thought we had in order to then conquer that evil, whatever shape or form it comes in. What must we do? Simply trust and have confidence that we can overcome those challenges in our life. But if our trust or our confidence wavers, here's what you should do. Sit or stand before the crucifix. The cross, the cross symbolizes the greatest evil of this world. It symbolizes pain and hatred and jealousy and malice and death itself. And yet, shining through the cross and overcoming the cross is Jesus' resurrection and the salvation and love that God has for all of us, for all of eternity. See, God has conquered evil once and for all, and so can we. What must we do? Well, in the presence of evil, allow the Lord to summon within us, awaken in us that inner strength that we never thought we had, and then use that strength to conquer that evil. And may the peace and the grace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.